As always, I thought I would jump up here really quickly on this show on this fabulous Sunday and talk exactly why people tend to lean more towards the area of being spiritual but not religious and where exactly that comes from. Five reasons exactly why that occurs. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to this show, to my future YouTube channel that I will make, as well as releasing a new show in January, as well as being on StreamYard in January, uh, January, which basically January is going to be the powerhouse month. If you like and subscribe and rate the show, then there might be a high likelihood that a random cult forms in your suburban town. But of course, you listen to the show, so you'll know exactly what to uh, make of the situation, which of course might possibly be moving to another state. So first of all, the first top priority reason that tends to happen with most people is that it's far more manageable and in fact manipulated. And this is why people uttermost most of the time end up not enjoying normal religion, end up not enjoying church, not enjoying, say, synagogue, if they have a Jewish background, maybe they don't enjoy their other form of religiosity that their family attends, due to the fact that they feel it's manipulated, and in turn, they should manipulate it as well. And of course, the term manageable makes it seem already like it's some sort of business, and often people don't actually connect wholehearted religion enough to the spiritual. And as a result, our psyche, our psychology, ends up making you actually dive deeper into more of the aspect of spirituality versus religion, although they are both completely connected together. And this is, of course, the complete manageable danger and, of course, an insane danger that tends to occur because the whole of a viewpoint, the whole of a religion, the whole of a conception just simply becomes walking in between two double doors and walking out two double doors later on. And quite honestly, this leads to a furthermore action, a furthermore ability to completely ignore religious items, religious traditions, really rituals to begin with. And this is where you see a lot of people on college campuses today not at all adhering to any sort of actual spirituality. There's sort of a fake terms of spirituality that people do adhere to, even though it's not 100% fake, and this is also very dangerous when people, say, wear certain necklaces that have palm reader symbols on them. People look at that in a half-hearted way. They look at it in a way where it relates to them, and we'll get to that in a second, but they look to it where it relates to them. It is implied by them. It is actually completely grounded in their life, and yet they're not grounded in their spirituality because they're only focusing on it themselves and there's been a lot of quotes and statements around wrapped around that where people say that the self is the most manipulated part of life the self is the most manipulated part of all creation and quite honestly that's true and it's completely accurate in our world today and you can actually see it in every single aspect of life when it comes to say marriage when it comes to jobs and careers everything is manipulated nowadays You've seen a higher likelihood of manipulation every single time you even come across any sort of specific particular topic. Often if you walk up to people who are into the whole palm reading and tarot cards and all of these occults uh, related spiritual aspects, then you'll see people often haven't even heard of the name of Christ. 
they've only heard of the name of self-influential spirituality that is completely derivative uh, or is a complete derivative of the occult and they haven't even heard of any god in the form of man and any man in the form of god ideologies and this of course ends up throwing every single aspect of their life completely under the bus and completely out of not only the normal flow of life that there has to be some sort of disruption that occurs where they look at this type of spirituality as purposeful and not only just specifically materialistic but it has to throw them out of the loop of normal life and generally what should be most normal is that spirituality and religion go together. But of course, instead of looking at religion and spirituality as somewhat, to some extent, abnormal so that you can have a closer relationship to God, you look at it in a way where it's abnormal, and as a result, you must be a God yourself. There is number two. And this is related to the first one. It might line up with their human condition all the more easier. And this is also a danger, and this is also very, very sad, because often when you get people who are spiritual but not religious, they're spiritual but not religious, not due to philosophy, not due to thought and in-depth you know, thought, process that, thought processes that every single human being can ask about and can discern and can try to make sense of, but it's merely because they don't have someone to actually bring them up out of their sorrows, bring them up out of their struggles. And this is the whole idea of the priesthood, that when you are a priest, you're to actually bring people up from their struggles instead of particularly be a person who has some certain, uh, some certain type of religious clarified clothing that they're wearing. You're to actually bring people up from their hardships. And this is the gateway to being spiritual but not religious being in the midst of thousands and thousands of people that won't actually help you, or even, to that extent, millions and millions of people that won't exactly help you. This is the dire pitfall that people deal with. They then, in a sense, look at spirituality as more important than religion because they connect people more so to religion than people to spirituality. The reason number three. It's easier than thinking through philosophy. Now, obviously, philosophy is wholeheartedly connected to religion as well, as you can remember from the Greeks and the Persians and everyone that had any type of thought related to life in general in any specific way. Of course, you have to think through philosophy if you're going to think through anything. But this is basically the second most understood clarification by people who enjoy the term spiritual but not religious. They sit there and they think, well, I don't want to have too deep of thought anymore, too deep thoughts anymore. I don't want to dive into any type of deep concept. I just want what's relatable instead of what you actually have to discern. And that brings you to not thinking through philosophy in particular whatsoever. And th this, of course, might just be somewhat of a film trick, a film thing that tends to occur where, where if you're watching a slasher movie, for example, or you're watching some sort of film that has to do with 
the quote-unquote dumb sorority girls or quote-unquote, you know, dumb frat guys, so to speak. Not saying that everyone a part of those fraternities, which of course, thankfully and hopefully are not associated with Freemasonry in any particular way, not saying that none of them have any type of realistic thought and not saying that all of them are stupid, that's not what I'm saying at all. But that's how it's written into most of these movies. And particularly if you walk on to college campuses and you ask some of these sorority girls and fraternity guys some religious questions, they'll have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Despite the fact that their fraternity is literally based on Greek thought, Greek understanding, and Greek socialization. Based on both somewhat sexual deviancy and religiosity. They'll have no idea what you're talking about. And this is a reoccurring issue in religion related to Catholicism, Christianity, possibly even Judaism later. Now, reason number four. It brings a false notion of good. And this is probably the number two worst one that has ever occurred, that has ever been a thing. Bringing a false notion of good is what brings down ministries, it's what brings down churches, it's what brings down preachers and pastors, it's what brings down all of humanity. And virtually, if you look at any type of civilization, this is what has been reoccurring, a false notion of good. Back in the days of Babylon, and back in the days of the most ancient of ancient people groups, the false notion of good was looked at as sacrifice. It was looked at as sacrificing what you know you shouldn't kill. And of course, that has been revamped today. And people continuously perceive that what you shouldn't kill is sinful desire, deviancy, sexual evil, the complete, utter darkness of the darkness. We shouldn't purge that anymore. We should just keep it. This is a false notion of good. And it's promoted... Or, or a false notion of good that is promoted by being spiritual but not religious. Well, you know, I tend to talk about a lot of great conservative companies, and I'm pretty sure you deal with this all the time where you're just camping with your friends and you don't, and you don't have any beer. And, of course, because you're a man and because you're probably a bearded man and you're chilling around the campfire and you'll definitely want beer on your trip and you go to the nearest beer store or liquor store and all you find is companies that are completely the opposite of your morals and values and that's why you have to use ultra right beer company in order to make sure that your camping trips are ultra right and ultra conservative go online to their website today and make sure that you kick all of the liberal beers out of your camping trip so the last one here that is very, very straightforward as well, happens to be the ideology of being more sexually free. Now, this was the thought concept all the way back in the 60s and 70s, and it still continues today at full volume and full blast. Nowadays, people even refer to being sexually free as being actually alive. And sometimes, people in their lives assuredly assume that they are not productive, they're not successful, unless they have sex with multiple people or unless they have sex with someone they want to have sex with. Basically, their whole entire religion now is just sexuality or 
at the most deviant sexuality. Of course, this goes back again to the whole fraternity-sorority concept. It goes back to college. It goes back to legitimately everything. If you are not sexually free, then you will not be spiritually free. This is the whole entire concept. And this also goes back to tarot card reading. This goes back to Greek divination. This goes back to Persian divination. There's connections that have to do specifically with if you don't get the partner of your dreams, then you actually can't serve your divine deity as well. This is why divine deity related to sexuality was so important. But nowadays something strange is continuing to occur. That instead of even having any deity whatsoever, we're just simply having sexuality. And this, of course, is the huge, insane, intense picture. And of course it gets huge and insane as soon as you realize that once you're old and gray and you realize you spent your whole entire life being completely deviant, that there's no turning back, of course, unless you figure out Jesus and the gospel. But sometimes that, of course, doesn't existentially, uh, existentially happen. But being sexually free is not the same as being spiritually enlightened, quote-unquote. Being sexually free is not the same as being religiously acknowledgeable. You can be completely fooled by an entire community, an entire amount of people that are serving one type of goal, one type of goal in sexual deviancy and sexual practice. You can be fooled by an entire people group, an entire state in our culture nowadays. Say you can go to Utah and you know you can get caught up in Mormonism. You can go to California and get caught up in some sort of paganized, uh, ultra-pagan version of Greek uh, sexual deviancy in the middle of some sort of desert somewhere. You can get caught up in anything. And of course, it will ultimately lead to the sex practice being the worship versus the worship of God being the reason for sex to exist. And of course, that is not explicitly applying that sex is the only way to worship God. Of course, it can get confusing. It can, it can make it sound like I'm saying sex is required. But this is also the exclusive reason why priests are called to celibacy. Is that they're supposed to completely commemorate their whole lives to God and completely throw off all means of sexuality. And sexuality is really the second strongest reason why people fall. And I do not wholeheartedly agree, obviously, that all, all priests should be celibate and all people should be celibate. But however, it is better to fall into worship of God than worship of sex. Because the millisecond you fall into worship of sex versus worship of God, you deem yourself as spiritual but not religious. And I will leave you there. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a blessed Sunday afternoon.